the police and the, the anti-sex work they bill it as oh we're protecting you oh we're saving you but they're pushing legislation that is going to make your work more dangerous in the hopes that fewer people will do it they want everybody afraid Welcome back to On the Horizon. This is Melrose Michaels. I am your host, and I'm here to share what's worked for me in building my adult creator business to try to make building yours just a little bit easier. Let's get into today's episode. In a world where the rights and freedoms of reformers are under constant scrutiny, new legislation and policy changes are a constant threat to adult creators. Join us today as we deep dive into the heart of what our political landscape really looks like was none other than Mike Stabile from the Free Speech Coalition. Discover what's at stake, who's affected, and why every voice matters in this pivotal moment. I did want to give you guys a heads up. We put out a tweet recently about us starting to work on a closed community for creators. We are putting all the pieces in place before we announce and launch that community, um, but you can be on the lookout for that and know that we are working on it actively in the background. Now, let me introduce today's guest. So if you aren't already familiar, Mike Stabile is the Director of Public Affairs over at the Free Speech Coalition, which is a 501c6 trade association that protects the rights and freedoms of the adult industry. So when I was planning this space, it made perfect sense that Mike be the guest to bring on. So thank you, Mike, so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I am uh, super excited. There is obviously a lot going on, um, and a lot of it is, is very scary, and I think that you know, a lot of people who are, you know, creating and earning money in, in the space don't necessarily understand the the ways in which this is going to affect them. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I think that's why this is such important timing. So I guess to just to kick things off, do you, you want to maybe describe kind of what FSC is for anyone who doesn't know or somehow isn't really familiar with the org? Sure. So Free Speech Coalition, um, FSC, uh, has been around for uh, over 30 years now. It uh, was originally formed in late 80s when uh, the federal government, along with state uh, vice squads and, and, and law enforcement, started raiding adult businesses. Um, so I think that, that everybody who's sort of come of age during the online era, um, it's sort of inconceivable to think about the fact that, you know, the police might, you know, storm your business, demand your records, put you in jail, um, you know, do all this. But this was happening in the late 80s uh, and, and early 90s. Um, you know, at, at the time of probably the the most recent porn panic other than today. So um, what happened, well, I won't go too far into, you know, the dinosaurs, but, you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> there was a moment that, it, that we're seeing in a, a version of today where the religious right partnered with the anti-sex work, uh, anti-porn feminist left and became a really significant power player in uh, political uh, decisions and law enforcement, um, something that, again, we're seeing today. Um, when that happened, uh, that really empowered the federal government and empowered uh, law enforcement to start cracking down at adult businesses that had really sort of flourished, and this was obviously the VHS and magazines era. Um, and then, you know, we, uh, the Clinton administration came in, a lot of those obscenity prosecutions sort of fell apart, and the internet came and sort of wiped out for various reasons a lot of the tools that these groups had. Starting about three years ago, we started to see 
that sort of unholy coalition of the the radical feminist left, the evangelical right sort of come together and, and focus them, their their attentions again on porn. So to your original question, FSC was formed, formed in that original war on porn. Uh, and then, you know, through the years has grown and evolved and become, uh, you know, was first sort of a, a legal defense fund and now is more of a, you know, advocacy and trade organization. So uh, FSC sort of developed the first testing system the, for, you know, adult performers. Um, it has fought legislative battles. It's fought battles all the way to the Supreme Court and won and, you know, continues today to be the sort of the hub where the adult industry comes together and that's that's both platforms and workers and lawyers and stuff to to defend our rights because there are a hell of a lot of people who would like nothing more than to see adult work criminalized again to see it censored um and to see uh us put in jail i, I don't mean to to sound you know alarmist but that is these are conversations that we are seeing you know, today. So right now, what, what FSC is focused on uh, is, is lots of things, but twofold. The main focuses for us right now uh, have been the age verification, law, age verification laws that have been passed uh, in the States and then also uh, in, in some in Europe that are sort of bubbling. Um, and then um, banking fairness, banking uh, financial discrimination. So obviously anybody who works in the space sort of lives in fear of their bank account being shut down. Um, you know, FSC has been working with legislators and regulators and, um, and, uh, you know, sort of others in the financial space to make sure to find solutions so that we're not being kicked out of our banks, that we have financial security, um, and that we're sort of, uh, working. So I think today we're probably going to focus, I imagine primarily on the age verification laws, but that's maybe the totality of, of what we do the main things we do yeah and there's no one really out there like fsc that covers so much of all of those pieces either and i think that's why it's so unique and so important and why i really want to draw attention to that organization specifically for creators so to your point um about age verification because that's kind of the big the big thing that we're all hearing about seeing about and passing can we I guess, start there and explain kind of what that legislation looks like and how it's affecting certain states and all of that. Yes. So, you know, it's important to realize that, the that you know, nobody wants, nobody in the adult industry wants minors accessing adult content, right? It's not, it's, it's called adult content for a reason, right? Um, yeah. You know, and, and many of us are parents, you know, or have young family members, you know, it, it's not that we are, you know, as is often sort of portrayed in the press or in some of these legislative sessions that I've attended, um, you know, we're not monsters, right? We're not aliens that are divorced from um, ideas about what, you know, what is appropriate for kids. But the the age verification protocols that have been put down or, or the proposals that have been made have real problems with them. So um, about... I'll, I'll sort of go into the sort of more recent history, which was 2022, Louisiana passed a law saying that anybody who posted or, or um, published to a website that had more than 33 and a third percent material harmful to minors, um, you know, essentially them meaning porn, it's a little bit more complicated and we can get into it. But anybody who had that amount of content on their website, adult content on their website, would have to age verify every visitor. 
And so that law sort of went into effect in January of 2023 in Louisiana. Quickly, we saw a number of other states pick up that legislation um, and and basically like copy the homework. Um, in, in some cases, really sort of like pulling pieces from the legislation that were specific to Louisiana um, and then trying to pass it off as their own and, and it, it didn't work. But we saw a lot of states sort of push that forward. And right now there are eight states that require you to verify um, the age of everybody who you know comes on that platform. And, and, and if you don't, um, the, the mechanism for enforcement there's a couple of mechanisms, but the main mechanism for enforcement is uh, that someone can sue you, that a parent, you know, if, if a child were to access content on your site, um, would, um, it, you know, be able to sue you for damages. And, uh, and, and so what we saw was, you know, again, this was an end run around some of the protections that the internet has had, right? Meaning that you don't have to age verify the internet. Parents are responsible for you know, uh, turning on filters or, or things like that. You don't want to turn the entire uh, internet into the Disney Channel, right? That's not going to. That's not the way that things work. Yeah. But yeah, so that's where we're, we've got eight bills that are eight laws that are affecting the law. I mean, in currently, and then we have probably thirty bills that have been introduced in the past few months uh, for this legislative session. So I've been testifying at different state houses. Um, about the issues with the law, I have been, you know, writing letters and organizing allies and and getting people involved because as as um, common sense as these laws seem, they actually are um, really dangerous and dangerous both to consumers and and creators. Can we explain that a little bit more in depth? Because I think that the average creator who probably who maybe you know doesn't follow anyone to do with policy or maybe tunes out politics. I know a lot of my own personal like sphere of people really tuned out politics after the Trump administration because mm -hmm. there was just so much all the time, that news cycle. So like for the average creator who maybe just hears the surface level of age verification on sites, I could see that they would maybe take that and be like, yeah, of course, like, yeah, we want, we don't want underage people on sites without having the full understanding of like what that actually means and how it plays out in practice. Can you kind of talk about what what's wrong with these policies like what at the core is the issues with this legislation sure and i think that i want to be clear because it, this comes up often in these discussions so we're talking about age verification for visitors right for fans not for creators um yeah. you know that that's not something that that fsc opposes or that the adult industry opposes right we've complied with that for for years mm -hmm. you know and, and sort of pioneered some of those systems so um, what these laws are requiring is that anybody who comes to a site where you might sell adult content um, would have to essentially go through the same process that you do as a creator. And again, there are lots of different states. I'm going to generalize on, on, on these, but would have to go through something where, you know, you upload your ID and you scan your face and it compares the two. Um, and maybe there's a background check. Maybe it it checks with your credit bureau to make sure that you're over 18. You know, anybody who's gone through these processes as a creator understands how complicated they are and how often they sort of get it wrong, right? That that it is not, I think when you hear in the, the legislative hearings, and, and this is, I think, what a, people, a lot of people, you know, outside the industry assume, is that they'll say, well, it's just as simple as flashing your ID for, a you know, a, a six pack of beer at the liquor store. 
Um, and anybody who's gone through this process in order to upload content understands that that's not actually correct, right? That, that it's a lot more than flashing your ID. Um, and that, um, you know, and that the platforms and, and age verification providers are, are a lot more complex. So there's good reason for us, you know, at, you know, for, for the industry, for creators to go through that process, right? You're going to go through it. You're set up for it. You have the paperwork, like, you know, it's a pain in the ass, but, but you can sort of go through it and, um, because you're going to sell, right. That you're going to make money on that. Yeah. Um, for most consumers who've never done this before, it seems incredibly invasive and incredibly yeah. cumbersome, right? Most people who are looking at adult content, if we're going to be frank, right, they're looking at it on their phone. You know, they're looking at it, you know, in their bedroom or on the toilet or whatever it is, right? Like some may be set up on a, a laptop in a place with good lighting and a, a nice camera, um, but a lot are not, right? A lot are sort of doing it furtively. A lot of them are, you know, ashamed, um, you know, or, or have a lot of shame issues and are doing it in secret. So mm -hmm. first of all, that that technology of, uh, you know, photographing your ID and uploading it and doing it in something when you're just looking to try to get off is not, not super easy, right? Um, and so if a website is asking that for a lot of times, what they're going to do is they're going to go to someplace that's not asking for that. Right. And that may be a pirate site. That may be a site overseas. That may be, you know, a social media site that's, that's not verifying. So mm -hmm. that the process is cumbersome, but also they're really fearful about being exposed, right? This yeah. information, finding out that you are going to a kink site or, um, you know, a gay site or, like a gangbang site or anything can really be weaponized against you, right? I mean, I mean, think about it. If you are a teacher, you know, or a legislator, or if you're going through a custody battle, um, yeah. you know, this is stuff that, you know, aside from the public shaming, the embarrassment of somebody looking at your browser history, um, this is something that a lot of people are like, absolutely not. I'm not I'm not doing this. And so what we've seen in states that have passed this legislation is that you know, as much as 98% of people who are confronted with an age verification pop up, say, absolutely not. I am not doing this. Um, I'm going to go someplace where they don't verify it. And I think that that is, you know, one of the, the, the unfortunate side effects of these laws is that they encourage uh, stolen content. They encourage the growth of pirated content because, you know, you may go to Pornhub and find that Pornhub is, you know, either verifying ids or uh or has blocked a state and it's a, a, a sort of mm -hmm. another issue so you're what you're going to do is you're going to search online and see who isn't doing this and most of these laws only really apply to businesses that are operating in some way in the united states um they don't have a lot of effect on you know on, on sites that are overseas and they have almost no effect on these sites that we deal with every day in the industry which are illegal sites pirate sites sites that are not taking down copyrighted content sites that are based in you know russia or hong kong or the netherlands or india where you don't even know who the owner is of the site they're not taking down mm -hmm. revenge porn they're not taking down csam they're certainly not going to need to verify um to satisfy you know the requirements of a state in the u.s and so what we're seeing is, you know, that that these laws actually encourage the growth of those and 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 attack, you know, compliant sites that are working and following the law and, um, you know, offering a place for creators to actually make money. And I could foresee very easily that 
what else is at risk here? Because, you know, a lot of the, you know, anti-adult industry organizations, whether that be like the far right or religious orgs, usually they're, they always push things in terms of policy or even just propaganda in the name of like, you know, human traffic trafficking or child trafficking. But when there, there is those bad pieces of content on the internet, they end up on those piracy sites. So those tube sites that don't verify, you know, the creators and don't go through that process. So when they, when they're putting in policy in place that discourages, you know, the users in the U S from accessing Pornhub or websites where creators are actually compliant and have ver- age mm-hmm. verified, they're actually increasing the traffic to bad actors that might be posting all of these terrible things. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and, and then that's sort of what we see. And, and I think a lot of our conversations, you know, when I go in to speak with a legislature or, you know, am, am talking with press, it's one of the things I try to communicate is that this is doing the opposite of what you want, right? Like you don't want, I mean, again, we don't want kids on any of these sites, but you certainly don't want a kid on a site where predators are, right? Where the, where there's where there's low security. You don't want to fuel the growth, right? You don't want to pour gasoline on the fire that is piracy and illegal content. And that's what these laws do. I think that there are common sense ways that we can work to keep kids from accessing adult content. Um, you know, they maybe are not as, you know, glamorous and, and politically exciting for um, for these groups to, to pass, in part because, and I want to sort of be clear here, the groups that are passing these laws, by and large, don't believe that porn should exist at all. So when you look at their sort of internal conversations or their documents, and I spend a lot of time sort of in these fever swamps, right? And And one of my, you know, one of my writs at, at, at FSC is to sort of really monitor what's going on and what conversations people are having and what people are saying to legislators um, and what people are saying amongst themselves in these groups is they basically say, we think that porn should be banned. We think that people who share porn should be put in jail. We don't think the country is there yet. We think that the court decisions, um, you know, are not going to go in our favor. So we're not going to ask for that. What we're going to do is we're going to make it as dangerous as possible for people to sell content online, right? We're going to increase the liability and we're going to slowly move in a direction with the goal of ultimately being banning adult content online um, and, and you know, uh, and beyond that, banning um, LGBTQ content. Like that's sort of, and specifically trans content, but like really anything related to gender or gender identity is their ultimate goal. Like they want the internet basically turned into a church social, right? You know, a very conservative church. They don't want minors or adults even to be able to access any information around sex and sexuality because they think that it is, uh, you know, against God's order. Um, So a lot of this is being done in bad faith. And again, this is sort of what we try to communicate to legislators. It's like, hey, if you want this to be effective, if you want to keep kids safe, if you want to, but you believe that like adults have a right to this, then we can work with you because we'll tell you how to do that. But the people who are pushing this legislation don't believe that. They understand that this is like the first step. The, there was a, a guy recently who said to a legislator, one of the groups from the, the American Principles Project, which is really the sort of anti-transcript that's backing a lot of this legislation and drafting it, said to a legislator, 
because the legislator brought up, and this was a conservative legislator, he said, you know, this is like, listen, kids are going to get around this with VPNs. Like, this is not addressing any overseas site. This isn't addressing social media. Social media sites are largely exempted. Like, this is just a bad law that's going to be ineffective. You know, and the guy said, well, that's just the first step. Yes, we're going to pass this. And when this is ineffective, then we're going to get, and I think that, you know, he said, you know, whoever's elected in, in November, we want them you know, we want the Department of Justice to start seizing domains, right? So this wow. this is, they're saying the quiet part out loud. Um, and that is, uh, that, that that's very helpful and also very scary, right? Because you understand what they want to do. Yeah, they're kind of showing their hand a little yeah. bit. If you're enjoying this podcast episode so far, please take one moment to share it with another one of your adult content creator friends. Because you know what the rule is here. We do not gatekeep. And we want to make as many adult creators' businesses as easy as possible. And you sharing this episode with them might do exactly that. Thanks so much in advance. So I guess uh, I am kind of want to dive more into the things that you're hearing. Because I find that super interesting. You know, a lot of creators, performers, even platform owners, I would imagine, don't get to hear kind of the language or the exchanges that are going on in Washington inside those kinds of rooms that you're in attendance in and having these conversations in. I know that we had a recent win in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading that on on Twitter from FSC. But so what are those conversations like you gave us a bit right now, but what is kind of the legislation's feel feel about all this? And like, what are the exchanges being had? Like, obviously, what you mentioned, like, it's, it's ineffective, it's not even going to cause or give you the effect that you're asking for but what else is being said because it sounded like in new hampshire you guys had kind of support like more support than i would have expected well i'll tell you when we started out in new hampshire and it it, it like you know it wasn't just us fsc was was sort of very active aclu was there and then um you know there were performers and performer groups who also sort of came out um but what you hear i'll tell you it like at these hearings is the legislator will present the bill. It says, you know, listen, any website with more than 33 and a third percent material harmful to minors, um, you know, will have to age verify. And if they don't, um, they will, uh, you know, a parent could sue them if a minor accesses their content, right? And they, they, they say that thing, it's just the same as flashing your ID at a liquor store. You know, we age verify everywhere else. Why don't we age verify online? We're just making this very simple change to the internet right and then what you'll see is you'll have a parade of people testifying in favor of the bill and what they'll say is porn is dangerous to humanity porn is addictive it's destroying lives it's destroying marriages it's a like it is you know um it should be punished by the department of justice it's causing trafficking it's causing child abuse it's causing domestic violence all this stuff that is not actually supported by science or data but they will come in and they'll just sort of like you know, often these are faith-based groups, but but often there are, you know, the anti-sex work feminists will sort of come in and support as well. And it will be a parade of horrors, right? Um, and, you know, often sort of anecdotal stuff you'll see in, in conversations and with very little to back it, right? You know, one thing that I'll hear a lot is there's a story where they'll say, I talked to one girl and, you know, she was just uh, 12 years old or 14 years old and she was dating a boy and their first kiss he tried to choke her and kill her because he had seen BDSM and he said, I think that's normal. Like sort of these, these things that like, wow. you're like that. I will bet 99.9% that did not happen. 
right? Or it didn't happen yeah. that way. Like, that's not the way, like, or if it did, it wasn't the result of porn. Like, that, there were other issues there, right? Like, maybe he was listening to Andrew Tate. Um, you know, this is a, like, there are other, like, forces, and I think that creators know this as well, right? You exist online. You see the sort of horrible stuff that is discussed, both in terms of you and in terms of, you know, uh, gender identity and, 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 and sexuality, right? There's like the internet is full of disgusting ideas as to what should happen. Um, you know, often to women or, or trans or queer people, but just in general. Yeah. So that's sort of what will happen. And the legislators who, you know, often at this point, you're sort of dealing with people in a committee. So they're before the judiciary committee that they present the bill. And then the, the committee members will sort of ask questions, you know, about the bill. Is this constitutional? How did this? And in New Hampshire, just as an example, I will say that, you know, of the committee, you know, which was maybe a dozen or so people, I would say all but maybe two were in favor of the bill. And they would ask questions like, would this affect, you know, a mom and pop restaurant that offers Wi-Fi, you know, or, you know, I think, you know, it, it, which it doesn't, right? It, it affects websites specifically. Um, or they'd yeah. say, you know, um, how do we know that kids can't get around this? Or, but mostly what they say is, I think this is a great bill. This seems really simple. This seems like we should be doing this. Porn is terrible. It is an abomination. We need to do something about this. Um, so you'll sort of see those sorts of questions. And then you'll, you'll get, if you're lucky, opposition voices, right? So in the case of New Hampshire, we had um, the ACLU, uh, you know, the American Civil Liberties Union. They sort of came in and said, hey, listen, this is unconstitutional. And, you know, this these decisions around age verification on the internet go back to the early days of the internet the supreme court has ruled that like you cannot create unreasonable burdens for adults um where there are less restrictive measures uh such as filters on your laptop or phone device level filters right the the supreme court said we can't dumb down the entire internet right any more than we can dumb down the rest of the world we can't make the entire world kids safe Yes, there's an interest that we should do this, but there are other measures to do it that don't violate, you know, our constitutional right to access legal content. And I think that it's important to realize that people talk about the First Amendment, it's your right to free speech. It's also your right to consume ideas and, and access that speech. So what these laws often do is they sort of limit that. So you'll, you'll, you'll see um, the ACLU sort of testified, ALA 1, um, I think that's how you pronounce it, which uh, is based in uh new hampshire sort of came out and spoke uh and it's and, and, and talked about the the their issues with the law and you know fsc had sort of we we couldn't we weren't allowed to testify right we weren't allowed to testify in new hampshire we weren't from new hampshire and they didn't allow remote testimony so we had sent a letter to all the legislators saying hey here's the issues with this bill we want to do the same thing you do but this is ineffective dangerous and uh it's gonna you know and, and unconstitutional but we listened to the the hearing and we couldn't believe how much bad information was there, right? So for instance, with the ACLU, one of the legislators asked them a question and said, so get, let me get this right. You want to legalize child pornography, you know, like, wow. like they don't understand the technology. They don't understand the law. Most state legislators are part-time legislators, right? They're just there for, you know, a few weeks or a month. Uh, or so, you know, in the early part of the year, they have other businesses They're They have other careers. Right. So they're not they're not fully concentrated. Um, and so they 
it, and they're often very ideological. So they just say, yes, this is a, a good bill. It's coming from the right. We like it. We're going to pass it. Um, so FSC sort of then followed up and said, hey, listen, you know, we sent you the original letter, but here were some of the things that came up in that hearing that are just wrong that we're going to explain to you about. You know, here's what the, 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 the issue is. No, we don't want child pornography. You know, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, that hearing went on and, um, you know, we, we didn't hear anything back, right? Uh, people don't often reach out to the porn industry. Um, but then when yeah. the vote happened, it was 16 to 2, and they opposed the legislation. So that was a huge victory, right? It wasn't all us. Like, there were, there were, there were obviously other people involved. But I think that that's the value of if we had not shown up, if we had not made those cases, right? If, and, and by we, I mean us as the, the industry and us as sort of opponents and, and, and uh, of, of these laws, I think that it would have passed easily, right? That's what we saw last year with some of these bills. It's just that, like, they seem common sense. They're presented as common sense. They don't raise any of the issues, right, the people, the proponents of the bills. And so they they pass. Um, and that's the value of an organization like FSC. Um, you know, when ACLU goes in, they talk very narrowly about the Constitution, but they don't know how the industry works. They've never gone through age verification, right? They don't know what the reality is. And I think that what FSC can bring in is and say, hey, listen, we've tried this. This is what the reality is. This is what it's going to do. Um, and and it sounds good on paper, but it's it's going to be a mess. Yeah. And so when you're talking about specifically with age verification, the is it 33% of the site? Is that yeah. right? Okay, so... My concerns when I hear that is like, how does that impact something like in OnlyFans? Because like OnlyFans has a lot of adult content. I don't know the percentage, but I'm curious as to if that's been discussed at all. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that it's 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 funny. OnlyFans has actually been support in support of some of this legislation elsewhere, right? This is happening in the UK. Um, this is happening in France and Germany and, and other places as well. And, you know, that is a, a difference of opinion that, you know, OnlyFans is not a free speech coalition member. Um, you know, and as you know, they don't necessarily have the strongest relationship with the community that makes the money. So uh, I won't get too much into that, but like they also have a different business model, right? So all of their stuff is behind a paywall, which is not compliant with most of the U.S. laws, right? You still would have to do age verification for a consumer but it might make them a little bit less of a target. And I think that what you see in the space with platforms and creators, because this also affect individual creators, what we've seen in some of the other countries that have passed legislation like this, um, is that they go after creators individually, is that it's going to have different effects on different types of businesses. Businesses are going to try to figure out ways in which to lower their risk. I think one of the things that you know concerned me um, with OnlyFans and their sort of endorsement of, of some of these laws in the UK was that you may have a business where you have everything behind a paywall and like you may be covered. But most of your creators are advertising on sites like Twitter and Reddit. Um, you know, they're generating the the traffic that is is coming to make those purchases. And the people like the UK law affects Twitter and Reddit, right? The US laws don't quite yet. They they plan on that sort of next. But if you put these age verification requirements on Twitter and Reddit, where a lot of anonymous conversations happen, right? Where a lot of, you know, beyond the adult content, right? People are discussing politics, people are discussing their jobs, they're doing AMAs, they don't want to be identified, right? 
Twitter and Reddit may very well say, you know what, we're getting rid of adult content. You know, we're going to become more like Instagram because we don't want to do this age verification because it's too invasive. And so I think that that's sort of where you, I, I want creators to pay more attention to this because, you know, platforms may very well cut deals, right? Um, but, you know, the, the, the power of creators comes from their ability to market directly to fans. And a lot of what these laws do are limit the spaces where people are able to do that. Well, a lot of what these laws do are um, encourage deplatforming of sex and sex work, right? Uh, you know, or, or, or censorship of posts or things like that. So I think that we need to be engaged in this. Like we need to, to understand and, and more importantly, we need to communicate with, our, with fans about this because they're affected as well. Um, and they, yeah. for the most part, don't understand what's happening or why it affects them. And, and that is, you know, that's also our secret power. And, and so because some of this stuff I've heard, you know, so the policy, so I think it was in Germany, where they were age verifying the users on the sites, which obviously, you know, related to this conversation. And I know some of my own fans on OnlyFans specifically have age verified and almost, you know, kind of pivoted over to a creator profile yeah. on the site even though they're not actively creating content by any means, but I don't know if they were prompt necessarily to do that, but it kind of felt like that yeah. per our conversation. So like I, I see more of that happening and it makes me think that this is, you know, platforms like OnlyFans or fansite type of platforms kind of putting up safeguards. Yeah. Is that a safe assumption? I think so. I think that a lot of people attempted to comply with some of these laws, right? And, and again, every country is different, right? So some countries in Europe, have a long history of sort of digital IDs, right? So it's not a huge jump sometimes for someone, you know, in Germany perhaps, right, to upload their ID, right, or to, to use a digital ID to access a site. That, that It's a little bit more in, you know, what they're already doing for, you know, banks or groceries or things like that, right? That, 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 that technology already exists. That doesn't necessarily happen in every country. And I think the U.S., is a good example and, and obviously a huge market where that doesn't. And so what you're asking for is, and there, there aren't as many privacy protections in the US. So for instance, you know, these laws sort of prohibit the age verification provider from keeping the data, you know, for the people who are, you know, requesting that they be able to access, you know, Pornhub or OnlyFans or whatever else it is, but they don't ban the government from keeping that data. Right. And I think that that without, you know, a national privacy law, without data protection, a lot of people are going to continue to be concerned that, yes, this is going to be used against them. Right. Somebody is going to subpoena their their history. How many times did you ping the database to to, to make sure that you were legally uh, you know, of age? Where were you pinging it from? What sites were you accessing? That stuff is in incredibly dangerous. And we're also seeing. Um, you know, in the U.S., I got, I got a re another report last week from somebody selling this data online, right? So someone was selling in a, uh, a Telegram group, um, wow. sort of a, a you know, basically 2.5 gigabytes of data that um, featured age verification, right? So what, like, both creators and fans. So what would happen is you might get a link, you know, maybe somebody's it's a phishing link in your email or in a DM or something like that saying, Hey, I need you to verify to access my content. Um, that consumer goes and verifies, you know, does the, the process. Um, and 
the the fisher the, the hacker sort of records that video records their identification and then leaves the camera on to watch them masturbate and records that and then wow. uses that information it, this was what they were selling they were selling these sort of video things right you can have their id you can have you know you know their age verification image and you can have a, an image of them masturbating so you can extort them Right. So that's sort of the type of criminal activity these laws are, are, are putting forth. Wow. That's crazy to hear that that's going on already. Yeah. Because we're, you know, we're talking about it because there's such a lag, right, between when policy gets put in place or legislation actually goes into effect versus whatever the problem they're quote unquote trying to yeah. solve. So to know that the bad actors are already out there exploiting this and then you have that to present to policymakers like um, this is actually already happening. Yeah. This is why we can't move forward and continue this because it's opening up this whole other, you know, industry, black market industry yeah. to ruin people's lives. The, the problem is, is that for a lot of the legislators who are sort of pushing this legislation, right, a lot of the ones from the light, right, and a little bit from the left, they're sort of like good, right? They're like, we want to make it dangerous for people to access this content. We want to make it dangerous for people to sell this content. Like, we don't think anybody, I mean, if you think about like the, 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 the quote unquote anti-trafficking groups, right? The, the faith-based groups that don't believe that sex work is work and that, that everything is coerced and, and, and trafficking, you know, they want, um, they push for legislation and policies that make it more dangerous to be a sex worker. And they're pushing for legislation and policies that make it more dangerous to view adult content because they think that anything that dissuades people from being a sex worker or consuming adult content is ultimately godly and rightly and good, right? And and that's sort of like this, there's a, you know, that is the devil and whatever we can do to sort of get people, we'll, we'll get them closer to being saved. So I don't think that like, you know, we do bring this up, right? We do talk about these issues and there are legislators and, and obviously we look at every state as different and figure out sort of where we can make a difference um, and, and, and all of that. But yeah, I think that a lot of them, frankly, are like, yeah, that's great. Let, let's make it worse. I mean, if you look at like the anti-sex work legislation that gets pushed, right, where they make it so that you can't verify clients, right? Um, yeah. Like that doesn't help anybody except you know, the police and the, the anti-sex work people, they bill it as, oh, we're protecting you, oh, we're saving you, but they're pushing legislation that, that quite frankly is going to make your work more dangerous in the hopes that less, fewer people will do it. That's, it's terrifying to me because it's to claim that you're doing something that is for the betterment of people while putting people in danger to innately, uh, you know, dissonant ideas. Yeah, well, you look at like abortion, right? You look at reproductive rights. What if they, they have at every point made it more difficult and more dangerous. So now you have people in these states that can't get an abortion, even though the fetus is dead, even though it's endangering their health because doctors are afraid they're going to get sued. I think that that's, these, these are the models that the anti-porn bills have been built on, right? They want everybody afraid. They want people yeah. to say, oh, you know what? They want Reddit and Twitter to be like, you know what? I don't want to get sued. Let's just get rid of adult. Because right now there's an incentive for Reddit or Twitter to use adult, right? We are an active part of their platform. We bring in a lot of consumers, right? We are a strong community. There's that if if the 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 evangelicals can make it so that it's that 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 balance tips in their favor and it's not worth it to host adult content anymore. Yeah, then they'll get rid of us. Yeah. I mean that's so much easier than trying to to moderate or police or yeah. meet the standards that are being unreasonably sought. Yeah. 
What do, is there any other policy aside right now from the age verification stuff that you think creators should be like top of mind of or informed about? You know, I will say that there are a lot of bills that are being put in, and, and this is new this year. We didn't see this so much last year that outrightly say we want to ban adult content. So Oklahoma has introduced bills that basically make it illegal to um, send us it's so much of it as a sext. Right. You can't oh, wow. like they, they basically are like the only people who can distribute explicit content are married couples to one another. That's the, the, that's essentially what the bill says. Right. Um, it's uncomfortable. So the only people who aren't doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that there's, there's that, right. They've, they've started showing their head as to what the next step is, right. They've gotten some of these bills passed. They're going to get some more passed this year. Um, they're starting to be like, okay, we've made that those inroads. Now let's start doing what we really want, right? Which is sort of banning these things. There's one um, that I saw in Utah. There's a hearing actually today um, over a bill that would require anybody sharing adult content online. So that means you posting to Twitter. That means um, you know a fan retweeting something would have to preface it with a warning that says obscene content is sort of harmful to your health state of utah warning right that sort of thing like again it's unreasonable there's no way to 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 do that um you know like to, to put a pop-up right you can't do that on twitter and and even if you would it'd be you know how many times would you have to to do it and it's also like factually untrue right they're, they're, they're trying to say that pornography is is harmful the science doesn't support it right and so in Texas has a similar law that, that sort of passed in terms of adult sites, which says, you know, you have to post every time you post adult content, you have to have a, a warning that says adult content is known to cause, you know, addiction and mental illness and brain damage and fuels trafficking and child rape and things like that. So they're trying to sort of come up with these other laws, again, that make people feel shame about their sexuality, about consuming content online. And we all know that, that so many people already are conflicted right they already feel embarrassed about masturbating or things like that so there's lots of things like that i think we're seeing a lot of the um the influence of the sort of groups like nofap uh and andrew tate and the the sort of the alpha men um you know the semen retention that like this is uh you know that we want to make people feel embarrassed about porn and we want to create yeah. legal liabilities for them to distribute it it's interesting because it almost it's reminiscent of like the tobacco era, like when they finally had to put tobacco warnings, like a dean, you know, a general surgeon warning, I believe, on the cigarette mm -hmm. packs. But that was backed by like science and data versus yeah, that, <laughs> and that's what they say. They will often say, "Oh, well, cigarettes have to do that," you know, and this is as big as the cigarette industry. And, and I'm I'm sorry that there's not there's not any evidence that jerking off, you know, like you know, um causes any issues right this is something that goes back to the church for hundreds and hundreds of years right they've tried to say that 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 your masturbation will make you go blind right that masturbation is going to grow hair on your palms right or that it's going to to make you hysterical or that it's going to make you a loose woman or whatever it is right there's this is not new the arguments are not new they're just adopted for the the mainstream and so they create these things and they say oh well cigarette warnings have to have this warning and you're like well one that's backed by science two this is speech right this is this is our right to 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 talk about these things to talk about our sexuality like 
that it it's not a harmful chemical. Like you, as much as you want to try to equate it to that, it's just not the same thing. And I think that that they're using play they're, they're using a playbook that for that depends on people not being educated about it. Because again, whether you, when you're talking about cigarettes or when you're talking about kids for accessing adult content, um, flashing an ID, all of that sounds really sensible. And I think that it's really hard when you're talking with you know, a family member or somebody at a dinner party or somebody online to, to make that argument. And I think that what, you know, we're trying to do at FSC, and, and, and I'm, I'm so glad that I was able to come on here as well, is sort of talk about it so that, that people are a little bit more aware, because even for people in the industry, a lot of this sounds reasonable. And I, I, I think that that's where the danger lies. Yeah, 100%. Something you mentioned earlier was about kind of it's for creators even informing their fans about, you know, kind of these things going on. What would your suggestion be in terms of like what to say to a fan to inform them and kind of make them understand the climate? So I think that like, you know, fans are actually in an interesting place, right? Because they're the ones that have to verify. And I, I think that where I would probably start if we're talking about age verification is I would always start with, we don't think that minors should access adult content either, right? And then there's plenty of people, there's plenty of reasons that I've seen reasons discussions online from say fandoms who say, well, I don't want minors accessing my content, right? I don't want them. I like, I, you know, from an ethical perspective, don't want them um, accessing it. And, and age verification sounds good to me. And I think that that is, that's understandable, right? Nobody wants that. Um, so I think that with, you know, with that conversation with the fans say, yes, we want to do this too, but if we're going to do it, it has to be effective, right? Um, it, it can't, create these dangerous risks for legal adults, you know, and it can't fuel the growth of illegal sites, right? If it's going to, if it's not going to have an effect, you know, if, if you're going to pass a law and all it is going to do is drive the growth of pirated content and illegal content, if all it's going to do is sort of push kids to get VPNs or, um, you know, push them onto social media where they're more likely to stumble upon adult content, right? I mean, this is one of the things too, is that when you're dealing with, they don't want kids, one of the things is they don't want kids to accidentally see adult content. And that makes sense as well. Um, but what these laws do by sort of going after adult sites is they they increase the incidence that they're going to see it on Twitter or Reddit because that's the only place that people have to, to go and market um, and, and, and people get more desperate. So I think that the conversation is, yes, we believe that as well. However, these laws are really dangerous. They're really dangerous for your privacy right? Like what is going to happen with your data and what sites you went to um, and your name and ID. Um, you know, there's always going to be the potential that these databases are going to get hacked. And there's also the, the ability that your data is going to be sold. You know, there's going to be identity theft. And and so, you know, coming at it from a solution oriented standpoint, say, yeah, we want to fix this too. However, there are better ways to do it um, is, is where I would start. Absolutely. And then I want to also ask just one more question in terms of like how creators can get involved in kind of like supporting and, you know, FSC and also making sure that the wrong policies or wrong legislation or bad legislation isn't getting passed. Like what can we as creators do? How can we help aside from educating the fans? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that like you may have seen that there, you know, FS, I would follow S FSC Army. Um, that's where a lot of the action alerts go out. Um, I'm at Mike Stabile on Twitter. I talk about this incessantly. Um, <laughs> it like, really has swallowed my life um, to my 
you know, boyfriend's chagrin. Um, basically, you know, what we're looking for are creators in different states, right? We can help you testify in the legislature if you want. We can help you. We want to know how these laws are affecting you. Um, but by and large, we also want you to get this information out to fans so that, you know, in places that are looking to consider this legislation, we want fans writing into their legislators and saying, hey, listen, you know, it doesn't even have to be about porn, but to say, listen, I have really, I have real concerns about privacy, right? And I think that these bills are dangerous. Those really affect the legislature, right? They, they really be like, oh, you know what, this is not, because I will tell you, the people who are passing this legislation are coming in and saying, everybody wants this, you know, 80% of people think that this is a good idea. And that's largely because most people don't, I mean, I think the studies are skewed, but I think that also most people don't understand the downsides, right? So they think, oh, this makes sense, but they don't understand, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about. So I think that, you know, signing up as, uh, you know, for action alerts at, at FSC, um, monitoring these accounts, and particularly if you are in a state and you say, oh, you know what, I'm in Oklahoma, you know, I'm in Montana, I am in, uh, you know, in, in this state. How can I help? Right. You can write, you know, and we're happy to work with you and, and, and sort of show you what the process is like. But, you know, I'm talking to a, a performer today who is uh, interested in writing a, an op ed in Utah. We have another performer in Utah who um, has joined us anonymously. Right. As a, as a John Doe in our uh, lawsuit against the state of Utah. We're suing in Utah and Louisiana and Texas and, and some more states to come. But to say, listen. I now have to use a VPN to get around this because Pornhub is blocked in my state, right? I can't access this. I now have to go around this. You know, this is somebody who is selling, you know, basically uh, erotica, you know, through, um, you know, online. So I think that like, that's what we need. We need sort of more voices. We need to understand sort of what you're seeing. And also we need to, to understand sort of what, um, what your fans are saying. We're going to be doing in the, the coming uh later this month we're going to be doing um we've done some media training so free speech coalition on youtube you can see the first um but we're going to be doing another one of media training for advocacy that focuses a little bit more on things like talking to a legislator what can you expect like what are they going to ask you how can i keep my sort of anonymity um these are all things that are important what is it like to testify in a hearing because we need more voices there are hundreds of thousands of adult creators in the u.s right um, if not millions. Um, and there are tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of adult of adult fans, right? That is a huge number. And I think that we are bigger than the other side. We're more powerful. And I will tell you, we are smarter. Um, and we can know the issue better. And I think the, the only question that we have is sort of like how to harness that most effectively. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. So everybody listening, if you aren't already, make sure you're following at FSC Army so you can get involved, see these action alerts, make sure that if you know other creators that are going to be impacted or are in these states when you see action alerts, make sure you tag them. That's like our superpower in the adult kind of creator landscape is how we can use social media, how we can contact each other and kind of move things and make change. So I think this is where some of our strengths certainly can lie. Thank you, Mike, so much for joining us. I really appreciate you. If you want to just shout out um, your socials again so everyone can follow you, you are my favorite person to follow. Too, so. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a chicken little. Um, <laughs> but I, I also rage against the machine. So um, 
the uh, so um, I am at Mike Stabile. So that's I mean you obviously are following me on Twitter. So at M I K E S T A B as in boy I L E. Um, that's my main source. You don't I mean Instagram is just vacation photos and things like that. But yeah, I think that Twitter is really where I where I interact the most. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear sort of what you're experiencing. If you're like, hey, listen, I have a huge TikTok following and I want to deal with this, but I don't know the information. Talk to me. I will get on the phone. I will explain to you sort of what the thing is. I'll provide you resources. I will provide you links to articles and things that you can read. Um, you know, I can help with that. If you want to write an op-ed, if you just want to harness your fan base and send something out, I am happy to... Um, you know, as, as you know, Melrose, I like to talk and I like to talk to people and mm -hmm. I like to hear what people are experiencing. So anything that um, any interest in getting involved, I am happy to I'm happy to do individual media training. So you're like, I want to reach out to press or I want to be a source or this has happened to me. How do I get my story out? All of that is, um, you know, what FSC does and, and, and what I do. Absolutely, you guys. So make sure you're following my reach out if you have anything to share, if you want to get involved, if you want more information, like you said, we can be sharing this stuff on our socials. We can use our platforms to like educate fans, inform people, have these conversations. I think that's really powerful. So thank you again, Mike, so much for joining us. And uh, I will start to wrap up this space. I appreciate so, it. I appreciate it so yeah. much. And I just want to say I'm so glad to um, I'm so glad to be here with all of you. You're you're excellent. Uh, this has been really cool. Um, all right, guys, uh, I'm going to start to wrap up this space. As many of you have seen, we have began to put out a bunch of new content over on our YouTube channel. So if you aren't subscribed already, please make sure you do so at youtube.com forward slash SWCEO. Make sure your notifications are on so that you never miss a course or any of the information we put out. Our recent video was probably one of the most controversial we've actually ever covered. I kind of talked about both sides of the AI conversation and I tested Slushy's AI profile with Sophie D and I make some predictions about what I kind of expect to see from AI in the future as it pertains to adult creators. So our Sex Break CEO exclusive video about the future of AI in the adult industry is live. As always, huge thank you to everyone subscribed to our Telegram bot already. If you haven't already heard, we released a Telegram bot that essentially sends your daily dose of inspiration and all the captions that you need for your feed, PPV live messages, clip stores, etc. The ideas are researched to be highly desirable for what fans are currently seeking, and all the captions are optimized with calls to action to increase your earning and unlock potential with each one. If you are not an active Telegram user, you can always get the PDF versions of our content and phone captions over on our shop on the website sexworkceo.com forward slash shop. We recently launched our store with all the same content caption ideas that go out on the Telegram bot, but if you prefer the PDF downloadable version, you can get that on our website. There's also free um, like free scripts and um, PDFs available there for you as well. So if you want to get a taste of that without even spending a dime, make sure to check out our website. I will want to take kind of this opportunity um, to draw your attention and remind all of you guys listening about my other company, actually co-founded with Mike Stabile, SWR Data, in case you're not familiar. So SWR Data is on a mission to survey the adult creators like you. We want to hear your feedback about the challenges you face and how the adult industry can better serve your needs. Our goal is to collect your experiences, opinions, and observations about the current state of the adult industry. We'll use this data to advocate for the necessary changes to make it a better place for us, the creators. The reality is a lot of the people in power have never been creators and simply don't have the lens to know what our needs are. SWR data is that lens. However, we can't do it alone and genuinely need your help. For that reason, we're inviting any creator who's willing to participate in our qualifying survey 
which helps us understand your expertise as an adult creator. By taking our survey, we can then start to send you future paid surveys with our ultimate aim for the CEO squad to have an additional income stream through SWR data's surveys alone. Your experience as a creator is valuable, and we think it's time you get paid for it. Let us know if you are interested, and then we will DM you the qualifying survey link so you can join us in this mission. Lastly, but most importantly, I do want to emphasize that all the information Sexwork CEO puts out is free because we do believe in this idea that the more financially successful creators are, the more resources we'll have as a community to do things like lobby Congress, impact policy, organize, and more. So if you found value in what you heard here today or the tweets you've engaged with, please, please, please consider sharing this to your own feeds and your own socials to make this journey easier for your own adult creator friends. Our only ask is that you retweet our stuff so that we can help as many people as humanly possible. Thank you so much in advance. This is going to bring us to the end of today's Twitter space. Huge thank you for everyone that joined. Huge thank you to Mike Stabile again. Remember, all of these spaces are turned into blog posts available over on our website, sexworkceo.com blog. So if you heard anything here and you want to revisit any of the ideas, you can check back in about a week to see this in blog format over on our website. Thank you guys again for joining me today, CEO Squad, and I will see you one week from now. It would be absolutely incredible if you rated this podcast five stars and left a little review. We want to get this podcast to as many adult creators as possible, and you taking a second to leave a couple stars and a review really helps us do that. Thanks so much. Thank you.